GoneMobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Welcome back to the Gone Mobile Podcast. This episode is being recorded on May 1st, 2014. So for this episode, we're joined by James Montemagno, a developer evangelist over at Xamarin. Thanks for joining us, James. Hey, thanks for having me. It's awesome. I'm very excited. You were bound to, to make it on the show sooner or later, so it's definitely good to have you. I think I think this is the first time you and I have actually talked in person. I mean, we talk all the time on Twitter and on Hangouts, but I don't think I've ever gotten the face-to-face <laughs> with, the, with the, the Greg Shackles before. Uh, well, hopefully it's, it's not too much for you. It's lovely from this end, so <laughs> I'll take it. Good thing it's an audio podcast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they don't get to see what we're seeing here, but they're uh, three three pretty good looking guys on this end of the mic. <laughs> Mike, suh. Yeah. Right. So over the last couple of years, there's been uh, you know a real evolution in the ways that you can reuse the same code to to target multiple platforms. You know things like portable class libraries, and then recently some of the newer project types that that Microsoft introduced over at Build. Uh, and since you've been doing a lot of work in this area, we wanted to kind of have you on and really dig into to how these these new project types work and you know what they offer over the way that things used to work and really just how developers can use these tools to to share their code across the different platforms so i mean so just to to start things off really really easy let, let's talk just briefly about about file linking you know the the real old school way of of sharing your code across platforms which you know while it still actually works it, it's it's kind of dated but most people are probably familiar with it you know, for anyone who might not be, uh, can you just explain you know, what file linking is? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, when I started my mobile development career about a little, almost three years ago now, when I found Xamarin, uh, I didn't really know where to begin. And file linking was almost the only option, to be honest with you. And, and there was straight file linking, and then there's also these project linking, which is basically the same thing. But the, the core concept is that you have some directory, some core library that has all of your files in it, so all of your business logic. Um, and, and even in this business logic, you could have platform-specific codes. So you'd have if defs in there too, right? So the idea is that maybe you have a, a, a method called take picture, and then it, it does the native platform, but you if def for each platform. So the idea is that you have all your business logics, your models, your view models, what you're doing. And then in each project, your iOS, Android, and Windows project, you would add all of these files, and instead of adding them, you'd hit the little drop-down that said Add Link. And inside of Xamarin Studio, it just popped up and asked you how, do you, how you want to add that file. Uh, and it was actually simplified. Instead of adding every single file manually, what I ended up doing was I'd create this, this uh, core library that you know didn't use anywhere, and then I'd create an Android class library, an iOS class library, and a Windows Phone class library. And then in both Xamarin Studio and Visual Studio, there's like a, a project file linker helper. So every time you added a file or removed a file, it would update all of them. And then what you could do is just add that as a single reference to each project. But the, the idea here and what's beautiful about it is that all of those files, it's the same file, right? So you're sharing all of that code across platforms. So all your methods and uh and all of your models and how you're deserializing objects or calling RESTful services, we're all the same. And you just have to add the correct reference um, in each project, basically. So that's what you kind of do for a while, but it gets kind of uh, unmaintainable at some point just because uh, there's just so many projects and you're like, man, every time I open this solution, great, now i got to wait for every single project to load up, you know? So especially if you're working inside of VMs and whatnot, so, yeah. So then... 
uh, you know, the, the kind of next step in the evolution there was, as I mentioned before, the, the portable class library. So, so when Microsoft introduced these, I guess it was probably a couple of years ago at this point, um, you know, what were they trying to solve over the, the old ways of, of file linking? So the, the problem with file linking is that you can get yourself in trouble uh, when it comes to this platform-specific code, right? So often, you'd be writing code, and especially if you were a library creator, you'd be writing code, you forget to if def something out, and then you build it, and then it breaks, and you got to fix it again, and you kind of go back and forth. Because what happens is you have the entire, um, all the references of all the projects, which is great because you can have access to everything, but the problem is just a lot more maintainability. Then you have a lot of a lot of projects going on, right? Or you have to add every single file manually every time. So portable class libraries are interesting. So they're actually introduced in Visual Studio 2010. Uh, so quite a few years ago now. Uh, and what they tried to solve is they said, okay, instead of everyone just writing against their own APIs, like the Windows Phone, you know, namespaces and, you know, Android. Well, that wasn't even, it was like basically... WPF and Silverlight and all these different um, reference assemblies, they said, what if we created a common set of the .NET library that was common across all the platforms? So a subset, right? They say, well, you know, system.net.http client, well, it's on all these platforms and so are all these other namespaces that you're taking care of because a string is a string everywhere, right? Uh, for instance. So they said, okay, we're going to have this one assembly that you write all of your code in against this subset of .NET. Uh, and we'll allow you to select what platforms uh, you can um, add that as a uh, reference to, right? So you get a dialog box that pops up and says, okay, I want to target .NET 4.5, Windows Phone, and Windows Store apps. Now you have one project, one set of libraries. So it's like your own core library of business logic that you're going to write and just add as one assembly and you can debug in and out of. And this is great, but the problem is that it's platform independent code, right? So unlike file linking where you have access to everything, you only have a subset of the .NET framework, right? So it's like the lowest common denominator. Exactly. And it's usually not an issue uh, for most parts uh, because you can abstract away and say, okay, I'm going to, we've done you know, platform abstraction forever really when as library and app creators. Uh, so you could create an interface and do some stuff, right? To always drop down into native. But the issue was when you start losing some important things, like for instance, Windows Phone 8 doesn't, or even 7.5 doesn't have systemnet HTTP, right? Uh, and not everything has async await support, you know, like especially if you're targeting older.net libraries. So it kind of gets a little tricky to say, how am I going to write this code for everything? And that's where NuGet comes in, right? NuGet comes in because uh, you can put these portable class libraries online, and then you can also replace additional functionality as well. So for like systemnet HTTP, you would download a NuGet into your PCL and Windows Phone projects, and then now you have, you can reference a systemnet HTTP on all platforms. So it's interesting, right? So you're talking about like a, a PCL being the lowest common denominator or subset of the .NET framework and working on all these different platforms, but how how does that work um you know with different combinations of different specific platforms where like you said some don't support the you know system.net.http or what's that look like at, uh, in the PCL itself so in the PCL you'll see one when you create it you'll see one reference uh, assembly uh which is just a .net framework basically 
And Microsoft created all these things called profiles, which each profile basically adds different platforms to it and has different reference assemblies that say, what is available in this specific profile? And they, they kind of wanted it to be hidden from everybody. So that's why it's like, here's just a bunch of checkboxes to say what platforms you want to submit uh, or actually target. So what happens here is let's say you do want to access systemnet HTTP, right? So if you select Windows Phone out of the box and you just type HTTP client, and you'd, you'd imagine then you would right click and say add uh, add reference to system net HTTP, uh, your using statement. Well, it wouldn't exist because it doesn't exist in that .NET um, subset. So you just couldn't even add it. So at that point, you're like, mm, well, I don't know what to do unless you know to go up to NuGet and pull down stuff, right? So and even NuGet doesn't replace everything. Uh, and and actually, PCLs themselves, while they were around since 2010, you couldn't even really use them in Android and iOS Xamarin apps until late last year. So, officially, <laughs> quote unquote. So, because uh, Microsoft had a restriction in a lot of their NuGets and actually how PCLs work. So, uh, Xamarin and um, Microsoft, they worked, we worked together to make sure we had full PCL support. In both Xamarin Studio and Visual Studio. So now when you install Xamarin, you'll see little checkboxes for Xamarin, Android, Xamarin, iOS. So uh, it's, it's interesting because you still want to be able to do this and have one assembly for everything. Uh, but it does get tricky with that lowest common denominator type thing as far as APIs go. So I've noticed when I'm picking, when I'm making a new PCL project and you go into that area where those checkboxes are to pick your different platforms... Um, you, you mentioned that they try and kind of hide the profile thing from you, but ultimately you can see what profile you end up with. Uh, what are sort of the, the common profiles that developers would mostly be interested in? Uh, I think the most common uh, profile is going to be 78. Uh, 78 includes Android, iOS, Windows Store, .NET 4.5, and then Windows Phone. Uh, it's a little bit more restrictive because Windows Phone in general is a little bit more restrictive, uh, but you really mostly just want HTTP client. You can solve that with some NuGets. Uh, but then if you don't need to target Windows Phone, Profile 7 is really popular, which basically just drops support for Windows Phone, and you get a larger subset. You know, and I think, it, I think that's where PCLs are tricky because you go in as an app developer and you're like, I want to create a new PCL, put all my code here. And you see this dialog box and it says, what platforms do you want to support? <laughs> Man, I want to support everything, right? All of them, yeah, every single Why one. Would I, what if I want to target Silverlight 5 in the future? You don't know. You <laughs> just don't. What if it makes an epic comeback? You just don't know. We probably know. <laughs> no, probably know. But so that's what happens is a lot of people go in, they're like, oh, yeah, .NET 4.0, perfect. And, you know, uh, so Windows Phone 7.5, yeah, I want to do that, right? So now all of a sudden you're... you're you know, .NET subset is tiny, so you can't basically do anything. So, but that's what you want to be, uh, you know, target, if you're creating a portable class library, target the platforms that you're t actively going after today um, and are maybe thinking about, right? So I'm always thinking about going to Windows Phone whenever I create uh, an app. So I always start with usually Profile 78 um, in general, just because I think it's a good idea. Uh, but it's interesting because... Portable class libraries themselves seem like they were actually made more for library creators than app creators because of how they work under the hood. Um, and it's interesting because I have an entire um, GitHub repository about this. It's called like Xam PCL or whatever. And I have a settings, I have a settings um, uh, portable class library that's really intriguing because 
I used MVVM Cross quite a bit, and I created a. I first originally created a plugin to say, you know what, I want cross-platform settings everywhere, right? Either application data, isolated storage, shared preferences, or whatever, right? And, I'll, and, and I've copied that same code over and over and over again to get settings, save settings, right? I'm sure you guys have done the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I created one uh, API, three methods, get, get um, value or default, save value, and, um, and then, I don't know, do something else. Oh, there's like set and save or something like that. And uh, basically the whole idea is that I'm going to implement these three methods on every single platform, but then for my portable class library, it's just a reference assembly. So it's like just a stubbed out method that doesn't do anything, right? So it's on NuGet and you can pull it down for MVVM cross, but I also created just a generic one for any Xamarin or Windows applications. So what's cool here is that in my PCL, I literally have a blank API contract that's just like stub methods. It literally says get value or default and there's nothing in it, right? So I install my NuGet into the PCL and I install the NuGet into Android, iOS, and Windows Phone. And what happens here is that all of those DLLs are named the same, same namespaces. So when you compile, it compiles against the contract But when I actually go to deploy to Android or iOS, it swaps out the DLLs and actually uses the correct implementation on the platform. So it's super powerful for library creators when it comes to PCLs. So this is sort of like a advanced if-def in a way where it's kind of if-defing the whole library then? Yeah, exactly. I mean, in, in, in theory of how it all works under the hood is it will... You still have, when I upload to NuGet, I have five DLLs. They're all named the same, but NuGet knows whenever I upload or download, it has specific um, naming conventions like WP8 or MonoTouch or MonoAndroid. And then when you pull down from NuGet, it installs the correct DLL into each project, including the PCL. So what happens here is I'm just coding against this contract the reference assembly, if you will, and then it swaps it out. And that's how that system net HTTP stuff works too. Is it's just like a contract of here's like what you could possibly do. Now your logic could live. Like if you had all platform independent code, well, I'm just going to have a PCL that works everywhere. But in this case, I need actually platform specific code. So then it's going to swap it out at runtime because they're all named the same assembly. So it just swoops around. And that's actually how PCLs work in general because the actual profile is just a bunch of reference assemblies. And it says, yeah, these are reference assemblies that you're coding against, but it's actually going to use the platform-specific implementation. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think yeah so. it definitely does. And this is actually, and I'm glad we're digging into this, because this is something I've seen. It, it seems to come up over and over. I see it on, like, Twitter and, and different forums and such. Like, it, it's kind of a weird thing to get your head around. You know, the whole, it almost seems like an end run around the system rather than a feature, but it, it seems like the, it really was an intended feature, and this isn't just kind of a hack around it. Oh, no, I think this is exactly how they were designed, talking with the .NET Framework team that comes in my user group meeting. Um, and I think it was exactly how it was designed to solve this issue of how do you target even something against x86 or ARM or Android or iOS, right? And how do you actually use the correct implementations on each platform? So you just give everyone a common API contract to code against and then swap it out, basically. So you mentioned that um, this is maybe something that our library creators are more interested in than like using your own app. Like, do you see uh, people using this to sort of create their own common tier of, of code in their own apps? Or is this something more 
Um, you know, are there better ways to do that than just using PCLs? Like, should we go back to the file linking or, you know? Well, file linking is great and, and it depends. Like I just created the step counter app um, with one of my, my coworker, Mike James. He created it for iOS and I brought it to Android. And there's only a little bit of common code that we could bring between them. Uh, so we just did, I just did file linking and it was simple. Uh, but as your application gets more complex, you know, you can run into some issues with PCL. Um, I think PCL is great for full apps or small libraries. Like, it's up to you. I'm not going to tell you how to code your app, right? Um, and I go both ways. I'm like, it's eh, just kind of like, I don't know what's correct for me. Uh, I usually start with a PCL. But Microsoft introduced, like, shared code projects. I'm sure you guys are... How, how familiar are you guys with it? What are your guys' knowledge of shared code projects? Tell us about them. Assume I know <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Assume you know nothing. So everyone... I think everyone comes in and they're like, well, what about these universal apps, right? When is Xamarin going to support universal apps? And universal apps, I have an entire blog post on Mott's Codes about this. Um, universal apps is a tricky concept. A universal app is just a project template, right? But what they did is they created a new type of project. Um, so when you create a shared or you create a universal app, it creates a Windows Phone project and Windows Store project and then a shared code project. And what a shared code project does is it's tightly integrated into the IDE. And what the shared code project does is it does it hides all of the file linking for you. So it's one assembly that has no reference assemblies at all. Like you can't say add reference and add like system net HTTP. Like it doesn't exist. That doesn't exist in the IDE. And the reason for that is because it's just shared files. And the idea is that you'll add this as a reference to your Android, iOS, or Windows projects. And then that shared code project just takes on all of the references of its parents, right? So let's say I have some view models and I open my master view model inside of Visual Studio. Well, you'll see now in the toolbar up top that you'll usually see like your class names, your... Um, um, your different properties, right, that you can navigate to or um, or anything else that you're creating in there. But you'll see a new section, a combo box dropdown, that has all of the projects that this file is linked to or is referenced in. So what's interesting here is that it's all of the same properties of linked files, but without any of the management, right? Right. That's the that's the core concept of it is shared shared projects. So you still if def things all you want, but you have access to all the namespaces of any of the parents, and you can easily toggle between them instead of trying to go to the specific project and open them and whatnot. So so then if let's say I have a, a Xamarin Android app and I I add a reference to one of the shared code library um, projects, is the does all the code from that shared library project get basically just put into the assembly for the app itself as if it, the code was there in the first place? Exactly. Like, basically pretend that when you add that reference to the shared code project, what it's, what it's basically doing under the hood is it's adding a new folder. This is what I'm... This will walk it out, right? It's basically adding a new folder to your Android project and then linking all those files for you, but you don't see any of it, Right. So all that code that you're writing is just basically in the project without being in the project. So this is, this is tricky, though, because if you were writing this shared code project and had all these Android things to take advantage of fragments or whatever, 
And then let's say you add it to iOS. Well, it's not going to compile for iOS because you didn't ifdef those out, right? So you still run into those issues of file linking, but... So, like, would you... Like, have you found that there's a particularly good line or rule of thumb for, for when to choose one over the other? I mean, I know that this is... It's a super new concept, so, you know, a lot of it still probably remains to be seen. But have you have you seen any particular cases where where you either would or wouldn't want to go with that kind of approach? Well, I like to say... In, in my blog post, I, I have an entire section, and it's called... What is it called? I'm going to have it open here. It's called shared code does not equal universal app and and shared code does not equal PCL. But uh, so it's very important to distinguish that. To me, um, I would say that portable class libraries are for the library creators and shared code projects are for the app creators. Right. But the tricky and the 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 if def of that would be that as an app creator, we're also library creators, right? So I think you can mix and match accordingly. Um, so your PCL could be really big or really small based on what you need. Um, but I, I'm tending to lean more and more towards shared code projects. But the problem is they're not final yet, right? Um, and in fact, you have to have like an extension in Visual Studio to actually get them working on Xamarin projects or anything besides Windows um, phone and store projects. And it's from Microsoft. It's an official extension. Um, and it's, it's not in Xamarin Studio yet. And Miguel tweeted that, you know, you can do it in Visual Studio today and it'll um, be coming to Xamarin Studio in the future. So it's a little bit tricky. Like, I, I don't, I can't give it like a firm recommendation just yet, but I, I, I see a trend towards this sort of pattern, right, in general. But it's whatever's right for you in general. Yeah, I feel like in some cases for the simpler code sharing, you know, the, doing the PCL thing is a lot of ceremony for, for what you get out of it. Um, I think in, in some more complex apps, like I can imagine, Greg, some of the stuff you're working on, it might be really nice to PCL some of it. But in uh, like, you know, like your step counter app or something like that, it's it's maybe a lot more cruft than you need uh, instead of doing a, a shared project. Yeah, I, I keep giving talks on PCLs and shared code projects and things like that. And my new train of thought, I actually saw my, my friend Luke Carey's, uh, he's, a, he's a web developer. And the web developers have this crazy uh, repository. It's like NuGet, but you know they have this crazy repository where you can just download stuff into your web. I don't know how web stuff works. It's crazy. So what I said was, I, I want to take advantage of NuGet. So I said... Anytime that I have to write code twice, like I see myself writing the same thing twice, I'm going to just put that in a PCL and NuGetify it, right? Uh, so, for instance, I have this Monodroid toolkit that I've created over the last three years that has like image caching and different just controls and whatnot. So it's always just a library that sat around and I never put on the component store or NuGet or anything. So I said, all right, I'm sick of cloning this repo and downloading every time. So I just NuGetified it and put it up, up there for Android. Um, and then I can see myself doing that for other projects, though. So if I keep seeing myself writing the same logic, whether it's um, on across all platforms or it's just something specific for one platform, I'm just easily going to either put that in a, in a, in a NuGet or I'm going to try to PCLify it that's going to go across platforms. Because me as an app developer, I want to make my life simple. So just like the settings thing, right? I saw myself doing settings in every single app, right? We do the same thing in every single app almost every single time. So every, anytime I see myself doing that, I'm just going to create a PCL for myself and make my life easier every time I create a new project. So I think that's the power is like, how do we simplify our lives as app developers so we're not writing the same repetitious code over and over again? So. 
Right. So you mentioned before uh, in, in your blog post title there, so, you know, PCL doesn't equal shared code project, doesn't equal universal apps. Um, so can you can you speak a little bit to, to what universal apps actually are then? Yeah, so universal apps are just a project template. I mean, I think Microsoft might want to tell you more than that. But from my gathering, someone correct me if I'm wrong, because I might not be correct. But my thing is that when you go into file new project and you see universal app, it simply creates a Windows Phone 8.1 and a Windows Store 8.1 application with a shared code, bro- code project for you. Now, what they did do is they simplified a lot of the namespaces. So your actually app.xaml and app.cs file are actually in there, and they ifdef a few things for you. So they're like, okay, well, you're sharing your app.cs and all this stuff across your Windows projects. And ideally, they've shared some of the UI um, like they have this uh, hub concept that's the same XAML is comparable or is supposed to be able to work on Windows Store and Windows Phone apps. I really haven't dived in, dived in deep enough to see how much of the same UI could be shared across projects. But being an app developer for the last three years in mobile space and then obviously desktop before that, um, I know that usually a phone user interface doesn't correlate to a tablet interface <laughs> Um, 100%. So you always want to have some uniqueness there. So I think that they've cleaned up the namespaces enough that maybe it's possible to share some simple screens and put that in a shared code project. Um, but a universal app is just simply a project template from my gathering. And someone correct me if I'm wrong. But Gotcha. So there's actually no no real connection between universal apps and, and Xamarin then. It's the, the shared code project is kind of where Xamarin would come in the equation. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, you could technically have a universal app today if you created a new project that included a Windows Phone, Windows Store, Android, and iOS app, and then had a shared code project. Well, there's your universal app because you have one universal shared code project, right? I don't don't know, Um, in general, but yeah. And then just like I said, the the shared code project not equaling a PCL is, is just that of how they work internally of the references and the limited subset and how they work internally, too. Right, because the PCL is actually doing some different swapping and some different things under the hood, uh, whereas a um, shared code project is basically glorified file linking. So, but tightly integrated in the IDE. So I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, belittle in any way shared code projects because I think they're really powerful. Um, and they did some great integration into Visual Studio for them. So I think that that's where they shine compared to linked projects is, or linked files. Is every time you'd have a link file. You like open it in Android, and then later on you might open it in iOS, and it's like, this file's already open. You're like, oh, man. So you close it, reopen it. Where here, it's just one file that you open and you toggle what you want to debug currently. So so then, you know, from the, the developer experience in the IDE, then, is it is it essentially just a, a dropdown in the, somewhere in the IDE where you're picking the same way you would pick, say, a build configuration that would, you know, toggle some of your if defs on and off? Is it the same thing for platform now, too? Very similar. So right underneath the tab. So let's say in my screenshot, I have a rssreader.css or .cs file, right? Uh, and inside of there, I had linked this to an Android and an iOS app. So directly underneath there, um, right next to where your namespaces are and your classes and then your methods, the very first thing you'll see is a combo box that says name of your Android app, name of your iOS app, name of your Windows phone app, and then you toggle that, which is toggling the ifdefs at that point. And So that combo box will only show then whatever apps you're referencing the project in? Correct, yeah. So it's smart enough to know inside of the solution who is referencing me right now. Okay, so that's that's actually pretty interesting then. So then if if you... 
it seems like if only if you have a, a master solution with kind of all your stuff in it, would you see all the platforms you're targeting in one place then? Yeah. Okay. Is there is there any way around that to to bring in others? Because I could see that being kind of a disadvantage then of the the shared code projects if you if you're kind of developing your your shared project in a different solution for iOS than you are for Android or Windows Phone, depending on maybe which platforms which operating system you want to load things on, then you might not necessarily see how things will work pretty easily. It's a good question. I, I don't know. I mean, ideally, you could just add that shared code project into each solution, and it wouldn't matter, right? Um, you just have more projects. I mean... Um, I guess that's true. I mean, as you said before, it's essentially being treated as if it's part of, logically part of the the app itself and not some class library. So... I guess to to that end, it makes some amount of sense there. Yeah, and yeah, so I mean, that's all you would do at that point uh, because it's interesting because it's not like a normal project. So if you had a solution that was relying on another project, you usually have to go in and do the DLL, make sure you're not doing circular, you know, references and all that stuff. Where shared the shared code project is just file linking. But what's interesting to note there, right, is let's say I create the shared code project and I want access to HTTP client. Well, to my Android project, I need to add system.http reference to my iOS project system.http and then my Windows phone project, I'll have to download that NuGet. So you have to do that on every platform, right? right? So that's how you get that working. Right. So, And that actually, that reminds me of something, uh, just to jump back a little bit in the conversation. We were talking before about the, you know, the little trick that you can do to, to bring in, plat- you know, to, to basically put stubs into a PCL to to make things build at compile time and then kind of swap them out uh, at, at runtime when it gets deployed. Um, so if I was if I was a developer and I wanted to to build a you know a, a portable class library that I'm going to distribute that is going to do this kind of swap at runtime and have platform specific code kind of sh- you know secretly in there, like how how would you approach that as a developer? Uh, so I would say look at my GitHub. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, hey, look at my... Miguel actually tweeted it a whole bunch. I have, it's called zam.pcl.plugins. And I created the most uh, simplistic that I could think of. It's called messages. And what I did is I created, uh, you'll find in my GitHub repo, a dot... Where is it at? It's like dot messages as my core. So I created a simple, a simple class that said... This was in my PCL project. So I created a PCL project that was called, you know, Messages. That was my namespace. That was my DLL. And I had a public void that was called Show Method. And then I created, and that was it, Show Message, and it took in a string. And then it, in that PCL, I threw an exception that it was not implemented, right? I throw an exception in there. So then what I do is I'll create the same exact project, you know, same name, and then in the actual project settings, make sure the DLLs are the same name. Uh, and I'll implement those same methods. So same namespace. And you could file link in there, actually. You could file link and make sure and just if def across all those. Uh, so you would you would do that. And then you have to follow the NuGet spec correctly. So that's the, that's the real key is following NuGet. Uh, so I've created my iOS project and filled that in. So maybe I just pop up toast or an alert dialog or whatever that I'm doing or a message dialog box or whatever, you know. And then you follow a new spec. So the new spec, you give it specific to say, this DLL is for Android, this DLL is for iOS, this one's for um, the PCL core, and then it uploads and downloads correctly from NuGet. So. Hmm. 
So that's how you get started is look at my project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's a few other, yeah. So how does that, that the, the NuGet uh, trick then, like how does that work then down the chain with dependencies and everything? If you have like a PCL that you've done that trick in that depends on another PCL that you've done that trick in, like is that, how is that handled? Yeah, so at, the, at that point, um, at that point, yeah, if you were, let's say you were requiring like JSON.net or something like that, you know, for some reason, well, you know, you're, you would, you can mark in your NuGet package the dependency. So what would happen at that point is that JSON.net would be a dependency on each project. So it would get downloaded on each project as well. So it should just work in theory. So sort of the, the project in the end that, like the actual app that runs everything is sort of what decides uh, from each NuGet package and all of its dependencies, then what reference or what assemblies to actually load. Yeah, well, when you download it, when you pull up NuGet Package Manager and you say, I want to search for James's um, settings app, right? And you do that from the PCL. Since I've specified specifically, um, I specify, where's my inside of here? I have the direct thing that I want. I'm looking at it. So I specify like portable, Net4.5, Win8, WinPhone8, MonoTouch10, Mono Android 10 um, When I specify those, NuGet Package Manager looks at it and says, oh, you know, what's the best DLL for this current project type? And if it's a PCL, it pulls in my PCL project. Um, and if all my code lived in there, if it was all platform independent code, well, I just have one DLL. But since I don't, and I go to my Android project, and I pull up NuGet Package Manager, and it installs the Android 10 one, because it's like, oh, do I have an Android a specific DLL? I do? Okay, I'm going to install it. So it's really up to NuGet Package Manager um, to take care of all this hard work of pulling in the correct DLL for you. And then it's just the build, MS build or whatever is building under the hood of, of actually swapping and doing the correct deployment of the DLLs. So. so, I mean, we've mentioned a bunch of platforms kind of along the way here, just, just in passing, um, but just kind of uh, enumerate them a bit. Like what platforms can you target with PCLs today? Um, quite a bit. So, WPF, uh, WinForms, anything that supports .NET 4.5, right, um, under the hood. Uh, and then there's options for Silverlight, Windows Phone, um, Windows Store 8, 8.1 apps. Uh, there's the new Windows Phone Silverlight apps and non-Silverlight apps. It's very confusing now. Um, and then Xamarin, Android, and iOS. So and there used to be an Xbox setting in there, too, for Xbox 360, but it was super limited, so no one really used it. So they removed it in 2013. So. Oh, that's gone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It's gone. And yeah, it's gone now. I don't know what they're going to do for Xbox One apps uh, in general, because they're supposed to use this new universal shared code projects as well in the future. So that'll be interesting to see if they add that to PCL or leave it out. I'm not really positive. What all? I'm not sure under the hood what all Xbox One is running. So. Oh, and Mac. You could do Mac apps, too. So um, that's one thing that we added recently in 1.8. Um of uh, Xamarin.Mac is that it's just basically you're running .NET 4.5. So you can, anything that you target for .NET 4.5 will run over on Xamarin Mac. So one PCL for everything. Yeah. Right. And can you use NuGet then to, to bring in PCLs for Xamarin.Mac or is that not supported yet? So uh, for Xamarin Studio, there's a package manager um, uh, uh, download that you can get. And I link it all over my, my blog and you'll just search for it. If you type Xamarin Studio NuGet Package Manager, Matt Ward, um, 
created it and it's just on it's just a extension basically plugin for xamarin studio that you get and then you'll get the little manage and restore nougats that you can add to any project and that that does work for xamarin mac projects too yeah Mm -hmm. awesome so i mean i think that was a a pretty good look at uh, a lot of different pieces around you know pcls and sharing code and stuff is there anything that you could think of that you know we we didn't touch on or that you you want to make sure we talk about yeah, you know, um, when you're getting started with projects, just uh, you know, choose what's right for you. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of PCLs and how they work under the hood. I think if you've ever have any questions, I mean, I'm sure all three of us, you know, are more than willing to to, to help. So just reach out to us if you have, if you run into any issues. A lot of times, I see people just run into issues. Say, oh, this namespace isn't available, and I don't know, you know. So kind of just uh, kind of know what's going on there. Um, and then kind of be aware that, uh, you know, all these different NuGets and things that you get from NuGet might not always be correct. So uh, just be just be wary of, of, of what you're pulling down. And if you have any problems, just reach out to people. Like on my blog, I have uh, a lot of help for SystemNet HTTP and getting that working. But then also using like modern HTTP client um, to actually like give it a boost on iOS and Android, which is really interesting because HTTP client takes an HTTP handler, message handler. And you can pass in the native implementations for uh, AF networking and OK HTTP or whatever on Android. And that's really awesome that you can actually do that as well. So um, the best thing to do is just look at samples and see how I've architected apps or other ones, other people in the community. And always feel free to ask questions. That's the biggest thing is always feel free to just tweet at somebody. I think that, you know, I think that's one thing that when, why I started, um, you know, working with Xamarin was an amazing community such as you know podcasts like this and just the forums in general just don't be afraid to ask that's what I do whenever I ran into issues I just you know just ask someone and everyone's here to, to really just help out and create beautiful mobile apps so cool well I, I think that pretty much makes a show but uh, thanks for for joining us tonight James this is great yeah no problem yeah thanks for having me on I really appreciate it all right and thanks everyone for for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Gone Mobile